On this week's Rain On Your Parade, I talk about smartphones and why they're dumb. Welcome back to Rain On Your Parade with J.L. Covan. I'm J.L. Covan here, as always, with producer Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi, J.L. How's everything going? Uh, uh, good, I guess. I just want, wish one day for you to address me first before you address the fan base. And maybe one day it will happen, but until that day, okay. how's, every, how's everybody out in, in podcast land doing? Good to hear. Good to see, hear, see you guys. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Good. Did I ruffle your feathers? No, you hoping. didn't ruffle my feathers. I, you <laughs> sounded ruffled. Uh, by the way, as you notice, promises made, promises kept. New shirt. New shirt, same as the old shirt. No. <laughs> this is a green intensive shirt. This is a heavily green shirt. Same <laughs> I would love to get a peek into that closet one day and just see all of the plaid checkered green and dark blue and gray. You'll also see a lot of disturbing props from some of my sketches. <laughs> a leather gimp mask. For, like I had all these like S&M toys yeah, for Mike yeah. Pence impressions. Uh, ha- yeah, of course. So And people would always go like, what's your Amazon list? I'd go, um, amateur move. I don't have an Amazon account. My girlfriend orders it for me. So nice. check her list. I was going to say, maybe you're just going to the stores in the village, picking uh, out your Mike Pence no, costume. My, sh- my shit is clean. Although I, I will be wearing, um, I'm hoping to one day wear on stage, hopefully by DC, the Mike Pence t-shirt, because I had her also order Mike Pence merch, yeah, like like his campaign merch. So she got texts from the Mike Pence campaign for months. Yeah. Um, but I have an I like Mike shirt. And nice. it's just a big face of Mike Pence. So That's great. I can't wait to wear that on stage, but it's also a slimmer fit because you know how Mike Pence likes his men's shirts. Yeah. Tight. <laughs> Off. <laughs> <laughs> On the floor yeah, covered right. in cum. Oh, not the bed. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, anyway, whatever. New shirt, no appreciation. Par for the course for JL and his comedy career. I want to talk about a couple of things. I hope people enjoyed the Madonna concert uh, episode last week. Um, and also just an add on to the Jackie Novak talk, which I kind of forgot to say. If you want to see a great special related to oral sex, I believe it was called Blowin' by Nikki Glaser. I think that was the name of it. Her Netflix special several years ago or a few years ago. Mm. Outstanding. So it's not like the topic can't be done. I just, I mean, that that would be my recommendation if, if you're interested in sort of a deep dive examination into oral. <laughs> okay. I mean... <laughs> In fact, get on the internet and go, I'm interested in deep oral and see what specials come up. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk Taylor Swift, who, of course, Mike, we and by we, I mean me, are ahead of the curve always basically in society. And we did a Taylor Swift episode months ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it turns out that the Taylor, the Taylor hater nation is only growing and expanding into politics now. Oh, yes. Rapidly. Yeah. Rapidly. And we're, we're only days away from the Super Bowl as, yes. as of this episode going right. up. Yep. And what a what a weird, disgraceful, pathetic, delusional, <laughs> psychotic country we are um, that, you know, the 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 right wing in this country. Yeah. And it's really just always one of, it's it's. They're not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. They're, 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 they're soaking a 
the Kool-Aid in a tampon and shoving it up their ass. <laughs> this is, they're beyond the mere Kool-Aid drinking phase. Yes, correct. And now Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, thanks to Vivek Ramaswamy and others, you know, they're actually a, a, an operation by Democrats and liberals, like a fake thing. And she's going to endorse him at the Super Bowl at halftime. It's like, it's this weird thing. Like they, first of all, forget she endorsed him in 2020. Yep. So like they conveniently forget that because they know their supporters will be so foaming at the mouth in the current moment that they won't remember. Oh, she endorsed me before. Yeah. They'll just be like, Vivek called it. Vivek <laughs> called it. That Indian brown feller. He called it. That's what not racist, by the way. Love him. Love him. Good guy. If they were all like that, might like him more. Um, so you first you have that. Then it's this. This like I I would love and I don't know where Travis Kelsey and and, and Taylor Swift's romance is right now. I, I have to imagine it's got to be uh, troubling and scary when it's not fun. Uh, well, it's yeah, it's weird, man. They're uh, I think that the cameras or the microphones caught them after the AFC championship game telling each other that they loved each other, <gasps> which is that's a big thing to say to somebody. Uh, I don't know. Who knows how long they've really been together and if it's really real, but. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's moving fast. <laughs> well, and the thing is, for Taylor Swift, she's 33. Her tour, her billion-dollar tour is yep. wrapping up. She might be on that if I'm with, you know, Derek Jeter did this, and nobody questioned Derek Jeter. I always called it a pussy musical chairs. He's like, yep. when the when the Major League Baseball music <laughs> stops, whoever I'm inside <laughs> currently, they get the ring. Yeah. Oh, hey, model. There, right, there's right, a kid right. in the ring. You, that'll, you'll do. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... Taylor Swift might be on that shit also. She's 33. It's She certainly has several more years, especially with her money uh, and health, I would assume. I'd say his, 20 more years if yeah, she you wants. Can't, right. You can't, you, you can't know anybody's individual thing, but with science, with things, she she I wouldn't be shocked if she'd frozen eggs and whatnot. But but yeah. let's just say, without getting into that and exploring her, her choices, um, 33 would be a good age after you hit billionaire status. And you have a worldwide tour wrapping up. That'd be a good time if you were ready to settle down with somebody you wanted to sell that. That would be a good time yeah. to do it. You know, I wanted to wait until I was a billionaire. Well, yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> right? And also in, in, in his, if, if, if a guy can guy, say, if a guy can say, you know, I'm just waiting to get that VP promotion at Walmart yeah. before I, you know, I got to <laughs> fuck, I got to fuck chicks a lot because I'm not where I want to be, but now I'm steady. Like yeah. if she, then she can have her own goals yeah and if you're looking at it from like travis's perspective he's probably going to be retiring soon yeah he i mean tight ends he kind of had a down year anyway i would think he's towards the end if here. they win so, i could see you know what would this jason just retired so yeah who knows if 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 they win he retires they form a fucking media company and then and you he know. is i think we i can't remember if we talked about this on mic or off mic jay travis kelsey is going to be an actor and I don't mean that in some, or he'll be in a, like he'll be, he'll, well, Travis Kelsey will be in our lives for another <clears throat> 20 something. Maybe years. I didn't speak clearly enough. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Travis Kelsey is going to be an actor. Okay. So you think he's doing the Howie Long thing. He's going to be in like but better. Terminator. I think he's like a big, he's like a big non-dancing Channing Tatum to me. Okay. You know, a, like a, a little goofy, bit, like a, a, a goofy slash sexy wigger yeah. sensibility yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, 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 sure. And 
It's like I'm describing a cologne called Wigger. <laughs> I'm getting whiffs of Channing Tatum with Eminem and Jamie Kennedy from Malibu's Most Wanted with yeah. a black barber There's shop mixed in. Some Wahlberg nodes. <laughs> young Wal. Oh, I, I smell some Young Wahlberg. Funky Bunch. Is that Funky Bunch I'm sensing? And he he was really good on SNL. And you know how I am. I'm always there to shit on somebody trying to step into comedy prematurely sure. or ever. Yeah. And he was, he was really good. And um, so I see him doing that, obviously being, tra- being uh, Taylor Swift's significant other will, will open up more opportunity, more, more, more interest in that. You know, look at what Harry Styles did. He was, wasn't even very good in it, but he was in that Olivia uh, uh, Wilde movie with Florence Pugh. Yeah. And when I saw that movie, Don't Worry Darling. Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. I liked it. He was also in Dunkirk. Sure. Yeah. And oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, he was. He was. <laughs> Not like too instrumental. He was much more instrumental, obviously, yeah. to, to Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. Sorry. I, like, I, didn't want, I didn't want to nog the point. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. Um, no, no. That, that was a fair point. Uh, but he... In that movie, I went to see that movie with Laura and we're sitting there and we both left. Like, I think people shit on it because of the controversy. Yeah. But it was really like pretty solid. Yeah. But I think all the controversy around it, it was like, oh, this movie's terrible. What a right. mess. And I was right. like, I watched it. I was like, I don't know. But the amount of girls that came to the theater opening night. Right. Who clearly didn't know what the fuck they were watching. Right. It was hilarious. But you know what? Dumb dollars spend also. That's true. And they were all there in blankets like they were coming for a slumber party. Like, you flick my bean when Harry's on camera. (laughs) Why aren't they doing any One Direction? And why does it look like the 1950s? And what's with all the talking? (laughs) Um, So it was uh, a a Travis Kelsey movie. If he's with Taylor Swift, he's going to be beloved. But he'll be the prince, her prince charming. And then her next album. So you think, you know, put it in my end zone. (laughs) You think that there are Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift movies ahead of us? No, I'm not saying they have to be both in it. But if he ends up being, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you describe like Sonny and Cher, but it's Taylor and Travis. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, not really. Cause I don't know if she wants to do movies. Or anything. She might just be, uh, uh, and I'm not even suggesting that he's using her. I'm just saying yeah. what will come with dating the most famous pop star in the world sure. or one of them yeah. and being a, a sort of well-known charismatic guy, self-made in your own right. Right. Uh, you, do, you do all right. You, you'll, you'll have a big fan base. Um, like I could just see him being in like a Tango and Cash reboot or something <laughs> like that kind of a movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with a little humor, a little action. Um so, but I'm, but the reason I, I brought up Taylor Swift is the right is going crazy and I'm a little nervous for her. Now she probably has top flight security, like, you know, 24, I would, I would, I would guess she has to have 24 hour security for, for a variety of reasons. And yeah. now tack on a uh, right wing pizza gate, nut fucks <laughs> on the, on the top of the list. Cause it only pizza takes gate. one. Wow. Haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that like, I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't, you only need one person to be like, you know, if she says something about Biden, it's like, she's turning our youth against us. Yeah. Yeah. Our youth used to be good crest fearing young men and women. And now they're going voting for Satan Biden. <laughs> and so I'm nervous for her. And it made me think what other women am I nervous for? Okay. 
That was my, that's what I think about when I'm all alone. And I'm assuming you have a list. I have two. Okay. <laughs> because once I think about this second woman, I don't think about too many other women. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's women, the, the Sydney Sweeney is the other one. Yes. Right. Okay. And I've said this in, in a previous iteration of this podcast, a far less positive and worse produced pro- product. <laughs> But I said, when I was referring, I had seen the movie, I think it might've been the, the Hustlers movie with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. It was a Jennifer Lopez movie in the past where she was just stunning and et cetera. And I yeah. said, you know, there's, there's, women, there's, there's women you cheat with. There's women you leave the one you're with for. And then there's women that you give them a shovel and say, where should I bury my current woman <laughs> to be with you? Sydney Sweeney's in that category. Right. She's a... You just, you tell me the time and place and I'll make the funeral arrangements. Yeah. She got you at Ace Hardware looking um, for the shovels. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I've got all the shit that you dissolve body. Like I've watched enough Breaking <laughs> Bad to know how to, how to make a body go disappear. Um, Sydney Sweeney's that level talent. Yeah. And it's like cherry on top that she's actually a talented actress. Like mm-hmm. she was in a movie called Reality, which was based on Reality Winner who had leaked government uh, documents. And they did their darndest to try. It was like, look, no makeup and just a t-shirt and jean shorts. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, sorry, Sydney. looks like you're a 9.98 today. Mm. God, get get some help. Like it was like stripped to nothing. Just like, I'm so plain. It's like, Oh boy. Yeah. Like you can get some plain yogurt if you keep looking so plain, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's enough vulgarity from this. This is a family <laughs> disgusting, show. But, but the <laughs> point is, I I look at like Sydney Sweeney as like, I hate thinking this way because I don't know if she's a big enough star yet to have like Taylor Swift is a billionaire. Yeah. She just being a billionaire, you probably like every billionaire probably just has private security for like hostage situation. She for sure has private security. Of course, for, yeah. for like, she has like six reasons yeah. to have private security, her wealth, her fame, right. the right wing. Right. Being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Sydney Sweeney, it, and I'm not trying to put this out there, but I'm, you know, this is the intro. We just share our thoughts. We're just two guys kicking it around. That's yeah. It. About women who might end up dead. Yeah. Right. And it's but a true she, crime podcast now. She, she feels, oh, the listenership just <laughs> skyrocketed. I'm a bored bring, woman. Bring. JL, wait, it's, it's Wondery on the phone. Do we want a deal? <laughs> I'm talking to Pushkin Studios with Malcolm Gladwell. Murder. It's not nice to murder people. This is untold history. Whatever his history. Revisionist history. Revisionist history. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, but yeah, Sydney Sweeney, I'm like, I feel like it's going to be one of those like star 80 situations. Like one day she's going to date a guy who's just like, what do you mean you're now dating? Uh, who's who's like a handsome, famous person right now? What do you mean Matt Bomer's Matt straight <laughs> and now you're dating Matt Bomer? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you'll always get from this podcast is running themes and jokes. <laughs> what Rife. do you mean you're dating Pete Davidson? <laughs> Um, and, and by the way, the fact that she hasn't gone that like sort of entry level route tells you that she's a real one. Oh yeah. She doesn't need the, the, the entry level PR fuck. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I'm putting it out here mostly out of concern. Hey, I'm concerned, Sydney Taylor, come on the show. We can talk about it. I want to know what you're doing to protect yourselves. Yeah. You know, if anything, this is, this is obviously a feminist 
an empowering podcast for women, but I'm also creating a slight record to go viral in five years if one of them ends up dead. Yeah. So it's serving two purposes. We don't want that to happen. But, you know, you just see the world we live in. All, all jokes aside, you see the world we live in and it's like, you know, something going to happen. Like, like there are, crazy, that. <laughs> there are fucking crazy people out there. And I mean, listen, I think uh, I think Taylor is safe, um, even though Taylor is now caught in this whirlwind sort of conspiracy and we God knows the people that far on that side. Taylor has a higher level of safety, but also a higher level of potential villains. Yes. Like super villains will be after her. Well, yeah, because Sydney Sweeney is a rising star. And I would say at this point, it's probably an A-lister. She's actually a double (laughs) T-lister. But I don't know. I don't think. That's not my first thought when I think of Sydney Sweeney. I mean, there, there's definitely. Well, maybe think you don't think t- about Sydney Sweeney enough like I do, Mike. <laughs> like what she's I, wearing right now, why she won't return my DMs. I will find you, Sydney Sweeney. I will find you. Not that I'm the threat, Mike. No, I was not say, that now that it's all starting threat. to add up. Now it makes sense to me. Oh, she is in danger. <laughs> uh, there's and a, the evil is sitting across from me. <laughs> there's a six, seven middle aged loser looking in my mansion window who is that i could tell one time he was in great shape but now he's kind of fat but he keeps talking about what great shape he was in trying to convince me to date him and he has a patreon what's that Uh, is that like a poor is that like a government assistance for poor entertainers is that a thing joe biden did my family's maga i don't know i'm sydney sweeney Uh, Sydney, come on the show. Come on the show. Mike, if not for me, just come on one of his late hot lady shows. Sydney, don't and I'll you, watch don't from you feel far. safe now after what JL just said? <laughs> this is a safe place for you. <laughs> oh man. All of my feminist credentials with guys we fucked, be damned. Come come and sit across from JL and, and what be I drooled o- at. What I often say, you know, it's more than drool that she'll be looking at. <laughs> oh, what I will say, <laughs> what I will say, it's a very simple pitch. I can be your biggest protector <laughs> or your be- <laughs> or your biggest problem. You choose Sydney. Oh, JL. <laughs> Goodness so, gracious. Yeah. So that's just, that's feminist corner. I don't know if that'll be a regular uh, th- part of the show, but that was, that's fem- female empowerment <laughs> corner with JL and Mike. And what a feminist you are, JL. <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was a lot of safety and protection talk, Mike. Okay. Yeah. Ladies, it's a safe space. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I was going to talk about that. I went to the Knicks jazz game last night at the garden. I don't know that there's anything to discuss though. Cause I think it'll take, get me in a bad mood. You seemed I, like you were in a bad mood when you came in because of the game. Uh, no, I was actually in a bad mood. This is good. Let's keep on feminist talk. Remember uh-huh. last week I talked about going to Trader Joe's or last week or a week before and saying, Hey, they have these signs that say no dogs allowed. Yep. And I saw a man like waiting at the top with his dog. He clearly, he didn't know there was a new sheriff in town. Right, right. And Joe Arpaio, <laughs> more like. <laughs> He'll deport your dogs ASAP. Yeah, he will. But today I went to get my Trader Joe's Mountain Spring Water. And a woman of the Caucasian ancestry. Yep. Walking down the escalator with her dog. And I was like, my goodness. She is just like, this doesn't apply to me. Oh, she just went in? She was just coming down the escalator with her dog. No shit. 
it's just like, no, no, you, you mean other people and other dogs. And I was like, wow. I mean, Trader Joe's, like, obviously it's been only like two weeks since I've been seeing these signs and you've already caved. You're already a, a store without laws. Mm-hmm. So, um, pretty incredible. Um, and no, the woman didn't look like Taylor Swift or Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. Cause those are obvious exceptions that we have <laughs> to our, that I accept. Yeah. I, like if Sydney Sweeney came down with, you know, 101 Dalmatians, I'd be like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, but she likes black and white things. <laughs> Aha! Anyway. Oh boy. Why don't we just, why don't we just take a break? I think that was a great intro. I think it's perfect. Good energy. I'm going to talk about smartphones today. I know people are like, what? Smartphones, but they're so great. Or are they? And we're back. How was that break, Mike? Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just on my uh, my cell phone ordering some food slaves to deliver me something right now. Don't you love these things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you getting? You I bet you do. No, that was a ruse. Oh, like that okay. was me tricking you. Cause I was going to say, I would, whatever you were getting, I was going to ask if you can get me a coffee from specifically the place that I wanted to, whether you're ordering from there or not. Uh, well, you can do that. You can <laughs> just say, Hey, uh, Hey, gold belly. I'd like a French fry from Alaska. Can you put that on a fucking jet? And deliver it across the globe for me? Thanks. Beautiful thing, technology. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, The cell phone or the smartphone, I guess. The smartphone, I would argue, is the worst invention of the 21st century. (sighs) And I'm including that lab-made virus (laughs) from China. Okay. (laughs) Alpha male podcaster here. Lab leak theory, YouTube, not monetizing. Join my Patreon. Fight everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the cell phone, the smartphone is the word like, thank you, Apple. You know, Apple, Apple is like, Steve Jobs should be more like Oppenheimer, in my opinion. (laughs) They should do an Apple movie. Christopher Nolan does an Apple movie where it's just like Steve Jobs looking at the iPhone and you just hear that radiation in the background. Like, like, because he's destroying society and you flash. And instead of scenes of war, you see like kids drooling, looking at screens and then growing up to be like, mentally deficient school shooters <laughs> and who don't know how to talk to people like nah, hmm, hmm, scream oh, holy, holy. amps 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 oh okay okay that's what we're we're cultivating yes it is i put the smartphone on par with the nuclear bomb you know, I did it. I did it. Hottest take possible. <laughs> Hottest take possible. It is interesting. We're calling that take a Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> it's interesting, man. I was watching um, the, uh, you know, CNN does those decade documentaries where they yeah. make like a, a, a they did, brought they to us one. by Tom Hanks. Yes. Tom Hanks it was probably drinking the blood of babies <laughs> right now. We're not woke, not a woke show. <laughs> but they did a whole episode in the 2000s mm-hmm. uh, about um, Steve Jobs and the invention of the iPhone and kind of like like the smartphone culture yeah. and how it all started. Um, and there is something to the fact that 
when they announced the iPhone, people in the industry, like around the world, kind of laughed at him because they were like, what the fuck? People aren't going to fucking buy this thing. And I'm oh, how wrong they were. Killing themselves in 20 years <laughs> and the laugh will be on you. Yeah. Jobs, baby. <laughs> There's all these clips of like Steve Ballmer uh, talking on TV, like $500 for a phone. Who's going to buy that? And the question, the answer is every single person on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> And and that's the thing with BlackBerry. I had friends who really liked their BlackBerry, you know, yeah. at work and stuff. But it it was like, and they took CrackBerry. Oh, yeah. my, my CrackBerry. But we didn't know what fucking crack was. Like, no. that's, wasn't that quaint where you're like, oh, I keep checking my messages because I love it when I see that I have a new message. Ooh, I'm a, I'm a crack, I'm, I'm my CrackBerry. <laughs> right. How fucking quaint. Well, it went from, you went from being texted and inundated with information. Oh, all I the took time. a five milligram opioid <laughs> pill. And then the iPhone shows up. It's like, Ooh, Oh, I'm drowning in fentanyl. Mm, love this. You, you went from having all this stuff, uh, you know, you know, uh, you, you would check. Do you remember checking messages? Like on a home, you probably still do it. Home phone. I do have a landline. <laughs> Why? I prefer to talk on the landline. Do you actually use the landline? Government tracking me through my phone. <laughs> Alpha male bro podcast, not woke. But you I, still have the phone. No, I do because you have to. Right. But no, I, I prefer to talk on a landline. Interesting. Um, well, but but do you yeah. so do you still have, do you have an answering machine? You check your messages still I like did. at home? And the messages are usually spam or my mom. That's what I'm saying. And they always have been. Yeah. A lot of times I remember being like, I get, I'm trying to think when we kind of stopped using the landline at my parents' house, but I don't know. I was probably like a... Like fourteen, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen, and I just remember the most of the messages that we would get were like nonsense. And now people don't even like you need to be dead. Like somebody needs to be dying for you to leave me a voicemail. Otherwise, why not just text it to me? Yeah, right. Um, well, the the worst thing, the landline. I get anxiety on the landline. This is the only reason I'd get rid of my landline. Yeah, is because. In 2017, I got a call from my mother at 830 uh, in the morning. Yeah. Saying your father's gone. Oh, and then in 2020, in September 2020, I got a call at uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. And it was my mother informing me that my uncle was gone. Yeah. Those are her preferred uh, her preferred terms. She for- said it word for word. Your uncle's gone. We, we knew I'd vi- oh. we'd visit him the next day. It was like he was we didn't actually know he was going to go like it was we were preparing for like. But yeah. And so whenever I hear the phone ring, like before 11 a.m., I'm yeah. like, who died? Ugh. Yeah, it's like a little jolt. Yeah. Um, but I would say, oh, and, and good news uh, that I can share with you. And I went with my mom this morning. That's why I was a little later to the studio. Yeah. Uh, she signed the HIPAA waiver, so don't worry. Cool. Um, she uh, went for it. She had breast cancer a couple of years ago. And she's, you know, all the bl- blood you know, saw the surgeon, the oncologist, the blood work, everything's all good. Um, and you can tell my mom, her natural state is kind of misery in a way, <laughs> yeah. because when she first cleared everything, the prognosis was not good. So it was a great relief. She was like chill for like two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually complaining about the order of her appointments for her next checkup in July when she came out to tell me everything was okay. That's how you know she's back to normal. Right. It's like when Louis C.K., I will quote one of my favorite Louis C.K. jokes. Are you going to do some Louis for me now? You're going to do I, the- 
you know, I, I like my kids. I, I hate my kids. So like the towers, you can tell how bad you are as a person. No, you can tell how bad you are as a person by when you jerked off after 9-11. Yeah. And his joke was, I jerked off in between the towers falling. It's a great, I, I, I think that's a, a great joke. Yeah. Second best 9-11 joke after my 9-11 selfies bit on Israeli tortoise. Go stream it now. And, but like the fact that she was like, now she, she like cried the last time I went to her checkup. It was like her year checkup. Yeah. In relief. And she was like chill for like two hours. She was like very grateful until she complained about something. Yeah. Today she was just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but what's with the order to these appointments? Why would I see the doctor before the test? Yeah. I'm like, worry about that in July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but good news, obviously, for the uh, for the 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 storm cloud, the original storm cloud yeah. of rain on your parade. The one that started it all. My mom. Yeah. She birthed this smaller cloud <laughs> of rage. Yeah. Bigger in size, smaller in precipitation. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but the smartphone to me is a net negative mm -hmm. at this point. I, I feel like the data and the jury should be in that. It's a net negative. And I remember people saying like, Oh, but the Arab spring, that was one of those big, like social media and mobile technology, Thomas yeah. Friedman and the times was like jerking off, trying to create a bunch of new terms to describe it. And it was like, yeah, all those democracies basically collapsed except Tunisia, which is like in the process of collapsing, I think. So it's like, yeah, all that like quick, quick hit activism. Not that there wasn't real activism, but like, Nothing. The cell phone still doesn't beat boots on the ground, decades of work. Right. Yeah, it just yeah, does. Yeah. The cell phone can accelerate things, but it's never as substantive. Right. But but besides that, without getting into geopolitical issues, I think in every way it's worse for us. Yeah. Every way. And we cannot go back. I see my nephew now in like full-blown cell phone addiction. Um, he, he listens to his parents when it's home. Like he does what he's supposed to in terms of when homework, you put the phone in another room, you know, but you, you like have to consciously be like, you have to be separated from your phone. Cause you're just going to go. Boop, boop, boop. That's literally better than most people at work. Yeah. When you go to work, you don't put the phone in the other fucking room. It's like next, next to you on the, on, next to your keyboard on the, yeah. the desk. And I think we are, um, and obviously screens are bigger than just smartphones, but the tablet is is the big younger brother of the smartphone. It's just the big smartphone. Basically it doesn't have, especially what people want. It's like a bigger smartphone with no phone. Yes, please. Yeah. And I see kids <laughs> like every, <laughs> no phone. So kids, you can't even talk to me. <laughs> every phase of life I believe is worse. And we are, we are creating people who we can't even know how fucked up they'll be at yeah. this point. Like we're fucked up. And I started using a cell phone at like 22 mm -hmm. and a smartphone at 30. I don't know. Let's just say 30, even though I think it might've been a little later than that. Uh -huh. Let's say 30. Yeah. So I had fully formed myself. Now I'm reliant on it in a way that not the average person has to be because with comedy, there's a lot of social media things that are necessary to what I want to do. But let me tell you something, JL. Yeah. Speaking as somebody who knows you and knows you pretty well, you're not all as reliant on it as other people of like my generation. And I can tell you that for a fact. How do you, how do you, how do you figure? Well, first off, you still have the green text messages, which means. No, no, that's that you being an, an Apple <laughs> slave and not me being not responsive. No, no. But here's the thing. So that, that I'm, I'm like ribbing you about that a little bit too, but even the 
way that you communicate on it is like pretty short and sweet to the point, like send the text, get the message out there. Whereas like now to even just talk about like, like uh, being a single person looking to date somebody like you have to, one of the things that has to check out with a person that you're dating is the texting rhythm. How much do you guys want to text each other? How how uh, how detailed should it be? You like getting text how, hard or gently? Honestly, man, you literally have to have that conversation with somebody to say, like, how much do you want me to kind of like reach out to you? Do you want to be texting all day? Like, how's your day, babe? How's blah, 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 blah. This is something that is actually on people's minds when they're trying to meet somebody. And that's why we have a bunch of socially awkward cowards out there instead of real men and women who like what's so funny is I remember the first woman I dated online and it was a good, it was, it was, you know, it was a very long, good relationship. Yeah. But everybody I dated online, this is, we're going back to 2008. Once again, if you're at home, please cue up Timbaland's the way I are. Cause it's the <laughs> fucking summer of JL. Anyway, every woman I dated that summer and, and like for, you know, until I was like locked down with the one person, a phone conversation was like a almost a prerequisite because it was like, you can be creepy or weird or have not good social skills. So a conversation just lets me know, what do you sound like? How would you chat with me? Even though you're going to be on your best behavior and trying to like really make a good impression. Yeah. At least I'll hear like, if you sound like, um, Hey, uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I got dry through. I'm nervous. You'll be like, oh, okay, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Delete unmatch. Whatever. So, but there was like, there was this acknowledgement, which I think was real and still applies of, yeah, let's see how you are as a per in the limited ways I can tell from not just you texting me, whether it's now it'd be more of a fear of catfishing, yes. I think, than just to know how the person sounds and what they, but to me, it's, it's, I think I, I've said this before. I said, you know, the internet and more so uh, cell phones, you know, the internet you know, is like the backbone of the, of the, of the smartphone, but everything, it caters to people's worst. You can delete. I remember when I discovered inadvertently, you could just delete calls. Like you just be like, Oh, they never called me. <laughs> what kind of shady piece of shit puts that into the phone because yeah. they know they're like, we know people are bad and we know we are going to enhance their badness with this yeah. device. So we, we already know we're going to create monsters. So we need tools to help them be better monsters. It does. Yeah. You're you right. Cheating man. piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Becky never called me. Yeah. Check my phone. Thanks. Apple yeah. <laughs> wink. <laughs> well, dude, think of the idea of just even something like Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you in theory have access to any single person in the world. That has Hey Sydney Sweeney. I mean, like we're we're kidding, but like in a way. Are we? Yes. No, Wait, but like what? you are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like you could I'm I'm sure somebody is running her Instagram account or whatever. But if you like if you had enough juice, like like Matt Rife could oh, probably Oh, I got juice for I'm, Sydney. Sorry. If Matt Rife could probably DM Sydney Sweeney and like they could have a conversation. Watch your fucking mouth. But you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm oh, saying? Stop shit. Um, oh no, wait, no, no. For her he'd be like, "Hey, hey what's girl. up?" Hey, no, 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 no. Still too black. Okay. Oh, hey Sydney. No, I just wanted to let you know 
I'm such a fan of your work and you're doing so many cool things. And I'm like, it's such a pleasure for me to meet you. Then he see, then he's on stage the next night. So I was talking about big titty, Sydney Sweeney. You know what I'm saying, player? Okay. <laughs> Bitch was like, <laughs> humping the stool. Yeah. Black comedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my God. But you, you know what I mean? It's just like the idea it, that, that like people just kind of have an online, uh, beyond persona, but like, like a place that you can find almost anybody online and reach out to them. Yeah. And there's that little blue request message inbox on Instagram. But outside of that, man, like you could in theory, get a message to just about anybody in ways that you couldn't do before, I don't know, 2010 or something, yeah. you know? Well, that's, and that's apps and internet more broadly. But, but as far as the smartphone, I can go piece by piece on this device and how we are, how it is using us and how we are using it. It's just, it's a path to mutually assured destruction. Right. Like it's, it's, I'm not even kidding when I say that I'm like the, I genuinely believe the world would be a better place without smartphones. Yeah. Like without question, because it, 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 it augments your shitty behavior, but it can also encourage or birth shitty behavior. And I do find it funny that the first person I ever texted extensively was like a horrible relationship. Like she was ahead of, like she, she's probably thriving in this fucking dystopian world of bullshit. Yeah. But like, I like to think back to old relationships, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, for most of my, like for most of my relationships, I've met people the old fashioned way, or at least when it came to online dating on the phone, like there would be a phone. And I liked that women had, that was like a a, a bygone thing, but like, that was a thing from let's say 2000, when I, when did I get online first? 2008, you know? everybody expected a phone call and then you'd have a conversation be like, yeah, this guy like refused to talk to me on the phone. It was like, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Now I assume young person, Mike, it would be a reverse. Like he was like, can you call me? And I was like, uh, red flag. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) I mean like, you know, but that's, I think that's objectively fucked up. Like you can say that's the way it is, but like, Oh, I'm sorry. Does a guy you want to date wants to talk to you? Red flag. Awkward. Yeah. Then we're fucking weirdos. I like, I, I, I told a joke. I've written this joke down in a blog and I'm debating whether to do it on stage, but it's, there's a lot of truth to it where I'm like my older nephew who is autistic is at a, is, is at a, at a school, uh, like a, a residential school yeah. learning, you know, within his capacity, the skills he's, he's verbal, he's not nonverbal, but like there are going to be certain serious limitations on the life he has as an adult. So they they work within that parameter to be like, you know, ask the person how they're doing, make more icon. We're going to work on more icon. We're going to make, you know, and all these different things that I then joke and go, oh, how quaint. What are you raising him to be a nice gentleman in the 1950s? When was the last time you made eye contact with a fucking 19 year old? Yeah. Never. Yeah. So like you're preparing him for this quaint Pleasantville. Yeah. Whereas really, you know, oh, he doesn't like eye contact and scares at screens too much. Oh, he'll fit right in. He might be fucking class president of 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 a college. Right. With the, with that sort of collection of of what used to be like, oh, we want to work on that because we want to make people know you you want to know how they're doing and like here's how you conduct polite conversation and yeah. like here's how you have to express if something's making you feel bad or good. These are all very good things, obviously, for my nephew and things we we like and appreciate. But I'm like, I couldn't help but think of a joke where I'm like, uh, 
Well, then we've either got a ton of rude people or um, millions of autistic kids yeah. walking around because eye contact, manners, et cetera, these are, these are not happening uh, on, a, on a broad scale. Well, I, I did. I mean, listen, man, I, I do not to play Aaron Rodgers here for a second, but like I do wonder if there is like a, a link between uh, uh, like an actual physiological link between sort of the rise in at least the rise in what seems like awareness for autism yeah, and the, these just the fact that everybody's got a device on them at all times, it does take you out of kind of just uh, the, the presence of everyday life. And bro, bro, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the research I've done right now. Okay. Tell okay. Me. <laughs> um, I once asked years ago when they were saying autism was on the rise. Yeah. Obviously, there's a diagnosis aspect to this, like more people being diagnosed and more knowledge about it and maybe some false, some false flags. Yeah. But I always wondered, and really, without making a conspiracy, without any data, but I always wondered, what is the effect, not of like government schemes, but do we have any long-term studies on the effect of everybody having Wi-Fi and cell phone like receptive? Like, the ubiquitous, like throughout our, like we're just walking through. I don't, and I'm, this isn't me even you saying mean like, like the actual, like the, the potential radiation, not even, ra- but, but, but like Wi-Fi. we just, I, and, I'm, and maybe I'm being dumb because I'm not suggesting any conspiracy. However, I would say if someone did discover that Wi-Fi caused cancer, they're dead. They've been murdered. <laughs> like if, if yeah. someone learned, oh, oh, Wi-Fi is killing the kids. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, okay. Just come, come with me. Yeah. Have you told anybody else about this it's, yet? It's down that alley. It's no, down that alley. We want to write this up in a report right now. Just walk right into this wood chipper real quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just in a silly, yeah. silly way. I, yeah, yeah. I did wonder like. Yeah. I was doing the scene from Goodfellas where De Niro's trying to get, uh, 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 what's her face into the alley. Because for the coats, they're going to try oh, to kill yeah, her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorraine Bracco. Uh, it's down there. It's down there in that alley. Right, in that right, alley. Right. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that bombed. We're more of a Godfather 3 I podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less yeah, good right. <laughs> We take Zaza out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Remember when he was running and Andy Garcia was on the horse? <laughs> Zaza! Zaza! Hey, Zaza! <laughs> oh, this is not what I... <laughs> Love somebody else. But now they will fear you. <laughs> Maybe they should fear you. That actually worked. That was the whole scene. Love somebody else. Oh, God, Sophia. Anyway. Wi-Fi. No, but on an off note, that's like one of those things where I go, we'll never find out yeah. if like Wi-Fi or cell service really, because it, it would be like finding out like, like, like earth, like, like aliens exist. I'm not even yeah. kidding. Like different, but also life changing. And like, oh, we killed ourselves. We killed ourselves with this stuff. Yeah. And there's, that's really no going back. Like, how do we go back from Wi-Fi and cell phones? We can't bro. So. Oh yeah. That the genie is out of the bottle in right. a big way. So, but, but with cell phones, I, you know, it's little things like on the micro level where I'm like, oh, cool. You put in a delete number function. Why? Right. Oh, because people are, because people are shitty. Right. That's why. Right. People are dishonest. So you were like, we need to 
make sure our dishonest customers leave satisfied. Right, right. While they're giving their wives or husbands sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> we had no part in this. Yeah. But yes, he did delete Veronica's number 138 times specifically from his phone. <laughs> and... <laughs> So that's like a micro level where they're almost in on it. They're yeah. in on the, like on the most specific level, they know they're making a device for shitty pe- for the shittiness in people. And um, when I see kids, kids where parents now, you know, parents who've maybe had cell phones for a majority of their life or half their life. Yeah. Now view it as this indispensable tool to shut their kids the fuck up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's good. Whatever. I don't see kids. Old man JL moment coming. Oh, you mean this whole podcast hasn't been an old man JL moment, JL? It's been months. And it's old man summer. <laughs> toys. I don't yeah. see fucking kids playing with toys. Right. Toys. I know. Books. Okay, fine. I get it. We're all stupid. No books for the kids. Right. Toys. Imagination. Yeah. Hey, to oh, to. to no, here. Oh no. What why would you want a toy when you can <laughs> uh, 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 which by the way sounds like the donkey sound that one of the twins made, one of the twin hitmen made in Godfather 3. <laughs> oh you remember? We're all Please tired tell me all back. Oh, I man. don't, but I believe you. Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, Anyway, and then it's like a callback because he hears that he hears that at the opera house, like uh-huh. outside. Like anyway, yeah. A um, lot of Godfather Three talk. Yeah. Wait, Francis Ford Coppola is like <laughs> too much Godfather Three, guys. Um, I hate this movie. Why are you guys talking about it? <laughs> so when I see kid, like so now the cell phone we've accepted is like a member of the family. You know, like Megan. Remember that movie, Megan? I mean, you didn't have yeah, to see I, it, but that, uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like. Those could all be the way Godzilla is like a, is a metaphor for the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Megan to me could really be a metaphor for the cell phone or tablet yeah. where it's like, no, you just give this great technology to your kid. What could go wrong? Right. I don't know. She'll do funky dances that gay guys will imitate at clubs. That's pretty horrific. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Alpha bro conservative podcast. <laughs> JL just showed up. No, I'm kidding. I'm saying you could, you could really see that as a metaphor for technology with our kids. But nobody will see that. And maybe they didn't even intend that when they wrote the movie. Yeah. But it's like, you're giving your toys. I don't think it's too much. Like we toys are imagination. Like you you, get over here. Like you have to, the cell, you take, you no imagination necessary. You just, uh, oh, my kid won't shut up here. Uh, uh, And then we get to my favorite thing, which is uh, headphones. Anybody? (laughs) This is like the newest thing because we're going, we're actually going backwards in our etiquette related in general, but with relation to the cell phone. Yeah. Like we're not even conducting ourselves like, oh, this is just my little space. It used to be, I said it over a decade ago. I said, walking and texting is the gateway to hell mm-hmm. because it's, it, it is, it is a symbol of people going, well, I'm, I'm in my own world. Right. I'm just, this is my world. What do you, you're in my world. Right. Um, don't you see, I don't have to pay attention to what's going on because I'm here. I'm minding my business. Sure. You have to walk around me or into the street to get around me or bump into me, but I'm, I'm just, I'm like I said on uh too big to fail. My 2012 album, this, how long I've been griping about this. I said, when I, when I first had somebody walk into me while walking and texting, they said, Oh, I'm, excuse me. Oh, okay. At least you're not. And then like a couple of weeks or months before the taping, I was in Irving Plaza. 
uh-huh. and a woman walked into me while texting. And I'm somebody who, because of my size, I take corners wide. Uh-huh. That's a courtesy to people because I don't trust that they'll be courteous. Right. People come steaming around the corner like, mm, I'm important. Right. I don't have to even worry about other possibilities. Right. And, and you I don't go, want to blow somebody up like yeah, This is, doesn't have to be Ray Lewis coming over yeah. the middle. Yeah. Like, fine, I'll spare you. But at this time, I was not yet in the world where everybody mattered more than, everybody, than, than other people. Right. And this woman walked in, a young woman. I was a young man at the time, though. And she just stopped and like looked at me and I said, that's the turning point. It is no longer my, ba- it's more like, well, you walked into me too. Right. Pay you know, attention. I, n- mind me. It was more like, mind me. Right. You didn't mind me. So why am I apologizing? And that was when we hit a new, that was, that was, that was a transformational moment for me. Cause I had, Oh, for like a year I was getting, ex- Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Now I got standoff. Right. Like, Can I help you? And I was like, look up. So that like, so, and now that has devolved, even though we all have buds and earphones are cheap and everybody's got wireless buds. But when it comes to the cell phone, when it comes to the cell phone, it's like that does, that rule doesn't apply. I, me or my kids or my teen or my friends, we want to watch TikTok videos, which by the way, without headphones, sounds like somebody changing a car stereo for (laughs) <laughs> 30 minutes in a <laughs> right, row. Just right. nope, 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 nope. And it's like, I think the cell phone has started as a bad thing. Yeah, I'm not calling it a good thing. Yeah. Not a good idea gone wrong. It's a bad thing. Yeah. And it took us further. It it actually took us backwards. We're like, yeah, people used to wear headphones. Now no headphones. Just you want to make me listen to your music while I'm sitting here quietly? I yeah. guess I have to. Because You'll read a story once every couple of weeks of man uh, stabbed to death over volume of content yeah. or something. You'll hear <laughs> that story. Yeah. And so now I just look at it and go, could be a rude person, could be a person looking for a fight. I guess I just have to eat this shit. Well, and just think of the extra danger that comes with cell phones, too. We didn't even talk about texting and driving and all that. How often, man? Maybe you don't. I mean, you're in Jersey, though, driving with other people, so you probably see it a lot. But there are so many times where I'm walking like across the street while a bunch of cars are stopped yep. at a light. And every single one of those drivers is texting. And then they start driving again and they're still kind of like looking down at the phone. And dude, I, I, that's one of the things that gets me nervous about riding my, like a bike in the city is just, I stop at every single intersection, whether I have the light or not. Cause I don't just assume that somebody is not going to blow right through a red light. Cause they're like, you know, watching a TikTok or something like that. I really don't. I don't trust anybody to actually do the thing that they're supposed to do. Right. And that's, it's, it's very sad. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's sad, but it's also disgusting. Yes. And, but that's just like, why can't you help yourself for 10 fucking minutes, man? And here's the, but here's what I would say. It's like a lot of the problems we've explored on this show. The verdict is in. Yeah. They can't. Right. They are the average person to quote George Carlin. You know how dumb the average person is? (laughs) Well, think half the population's dumber than they are. (laughs) And then my brother, the killjoy said, actually, that's the median person. Oh, come on, man. Punch down of my life. (laughs) My older brother. Um, But yeah, editor with the New York Times. So I get it. But at the same time, I was like, wow, 
Get a little Car- out of hand, taking it too seriously. Even Carlin knew people in his audience were too dumb to get yeah. the difference. They knew average. Yeah. They knew average. They weren't going to go. They would be like me in the back going, medium's actually correct. Yeah. Good job, George. Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. whole crowd's going like, the medium? <laughs> the medium? Who's the medium? It's Actually, it's a large. Who's the medium? <laughs> like like my Aunt Teresa, she's a me. She talked to the dead people in Long Island. Vinny, thanks for coming. Hey, I heard people talking about Sydney Sweeney. How about the fucking <laughs> tomatoes on her? Oh, boy. <laughs> Big San Gennaro's. I don't know. No, are those the tomatoes? What are the tomatoes? San Marzano. There you go. Thank yeah, yeah. you. You're ah, welcome. see, that's why I'm going to need consultation when we expand <laughs> the Vinny character. Yeah. To a series of, you know, films, TV programs, live appearances. A series of films. <laughs> More than one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, the guy- I signed know, on for one. <laughs> now we're doing a series? The Guinea, part two. <laughs> Some people argue it's greater than part one. <laughs> <laughs> and part three is where it all falls apart, but it still has a cult following. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> By the way, people love Carmine the Congressman. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And he's a good <laughs> oh, character. Oh, and I need to, while we're here, just brief, brief interruption of myself. Yeah. Um, if people have questions or comments, obviously on audio, we appreciate the audio. Give it a nice review on Spotify or Apple. But if you're an audio person, you know, the way to kind of do feedback, got questions, comments, you know, just click on the YouTube video of yeah. the episode. And then obviously that engagement, if you have nothing to say, don't engage. But if you have something you want to ask or say, we see all the comments that boosts the video a little bit, the more engagement there is. So it's like, you know, treat that almost like if you have a Q and a thought or something, that's where you can put it per on the, on the episode. That's true. And I am um, also, I wouldn't hate it if you guys left a five-star review on the audio side, if you're an audio listener on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Wow. I mean, for months, I would say five star. You go, oh, just leave a review. You didn't want to pressure them into five star. But now I'm I have a head cold. So the, the rules are different. For me now today. you say it. And <laughs> I'm, ba- sudden, I'm barely getting by. <laughs> oh, yeah. Five star reviews. If you have questions or comments, killing me. leave them on YouTube. Treat that as like the weekly Q&A. It goes yeah. up usually Thursday night or Friday morning. So even if you've already listened and you have something to say. And we we're, we're, if I see a good thing or a good topic or a thing, you know, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. The next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, smartphones. Get your kids off smart. Like this, this, I don't, I, what I'm scared about is I see how rude, how dumb, how poor at social skills we now, all, we have done so rapidly. So ra- like not only people my age who've devolved, yeah. but we have people being, who've spent a majority of their lives on these devices. And now we have kids who it's like the babysitter is just watch the cable guy. Look what happened to him raised on cable. Now multiply that by 10. Yeah. The cell phone guy. Yeah, yeah. Cell phone guy. Did you want eye contact? They will kill us both, Jim. Just get on the goddamn horse. <laughs> All right, we really do have to take a break, though. No, no, no. We're in a, in a, in a, in a couple of minutes. I'm going to sure wrap this okay. up. But um, it's we're raising kids on these devices. We already see the deleterious effects on adults. Yeah, we don't even have the data on what if your two year old was staring at a phone has an, and 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 now right. he's thirty. Right. What like the lack of imagination? By I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine centuries went wrong with toys 
and with reading. Like we, we don't know yet where we, we already see where we're going as a society with social media and with cell phones and addiction to it and the kind of impulse to, and, and I try to not be about this, but at least my cell phone is like a work item. It is, it is also integral to, to what I'm trying to do, not just as a social. In fact, I'm very antisocial at this point. So it really has nothing to do with, with personal life. It's all business, strictly business. Yep. Thank you. Um, <laughs> nothing, per- it's not, biz- not personal. It's only business. Um, Senator Geary. <laughs> <laughs> Senator, you can have my answer now if you'd like. Corleone. I like how he mispronounced it. Corleone. But he mispronounced it when he was playing like waspy senator guy at the thing. And then in the meeting, I think that's a great choice. He was like, Corleone. Yeah. Like in other words, like a grease ball. But I can say your name. Yeah. yeah, I just don't say it in public to think of. Anyway. Best movie ever. Well, second best Godfather. I don't know where it ranks in all movies, but it's definitely top two Godfathers. Anyway, come on. No, no, no. You don't get to be. I I have my brother. I have my girlfriend. I have my family. I have my fans to kill my joy. You're not going to kill my joy. I'm not joy killing too. your joy. I'm just trying to produce the show. That's true. That is true. But my point is, other than Sydney Sweeney, call me, is we don't even, we have enough data. The damage is done. So I guess I'll be leaving. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> call me a river. Because call cell phone. Anyway, the <laughs> segment that won't end. The, the, <laughs> the point is we already know the damage that's being done. Cell phone. It's, it's, a, it's a dance that the lead the Apple and the cell phone industry, they're leading the dance. We are the dance partner, mm-hmm. but we are getting worse and worse. And we see it already in the Nine, 18 years we've had cell phone, like smartphones. Yeah. 17 years. Well, it'll be 17 soon. Um, old enough to fuck in many States is my point, the cell phone. And, but we're doing it to a new generation that won't even, we don't even know how bad it's going to be. Yeah. We just know it's bad. Like this idea of like, and I don't know, like a lot of our problems, whether it's climate, whether it's politics, whether it's, I don't know what to do. It's just like, we're staring at a problem that's making us all worse. And people like to blame social media exclusively, but the cell phones are in on it. They're in on like making it an addictive thing. And you got to have a cell phone and the bells and whistles. Like half the time it looks like you have a fucking slot machine in your phone. Just like, ding, ding, ding. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just keep clicking on stuff. Keep, keep checking it. I was at the grocery store the other day. No, this is the final note. Okay. And the woman didn't, I said, hello, didn't respond. Got on, like, as I was loading the groceries, got on her phone, looked at it, went, rang the groceries up, handed me the receipt. I said, thank you. She, she didn't say, in the five seconds between me tapping the credit card and the receipt spitting out, she picked up Look her phone, phone again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got back on her phone, you know, even though there were customers, like, it was like, wow, thank you, ma'am, for demonstrating you're, 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 you look like a teen or an early 20s person. There it is. No social skills, even at work. Even at your place of business, you don't have any social skills, professional skills, or an ability to to go away from your phone while doing work. At least many of us can be bored looking at the phone. But like when you have a job or a task, it's like, well, I got to get, I have to do this. But, But I think we're raising people who will be even worse, even worse than we are. 
And I don't know where's oh, the bottom, yeah. but where's the fucking bottom. And then you'll have people going like, he doesn't communicate with, it. we have all these problems already where it's like, he doesn't listen. He doesn't do this. That's from people who were raised to listen and to try to be considered or to have social, you have to have social skills to, to date or to make friends. When that incentive goes away, you're going to feel like in their fifties going like, I haven't looked my husband in the eye in 19 <laughs> years. Do you think that's a problem? <laughs> and then their kid just comes out grunting like their 15 year old kid, like with a neuro link in his head going. Ah, ah, ah. And they're like, Oh, okay. See you later, honey. Like we're, we're going to be fucking cretins. Yeah. And it's disgusting and disgraceful. So Whatever you can do to limit your cell phone time for your and for your kids. We're lost already. We're done. Yeah. But we can do better. But I think we're going to do even worse. Yeah. Cornell West, Dartmouth East. So when we come back, quick comedy talk, and then we'll let you go. And most importantly, we'll let Mike go. <laughs> and now. From the Slickback Studios newsroom in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, here is Scott Pelley with a Rain on Your Parade special report. Welcome back. I'm 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley, on assignment for Rain on Your Parade with this week's Punchdown of the Week. After the Detroit Lions lost to the San Francisco 49ers jail, posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, I think Dan Campbell's biggest coaching error was not putting himself in the game. Dude is like a bigger, stone-cold Steve Austin. Thus indicating that despite media reporting that Dan Campbell had made many, many coaching errors, his sheer size would have made him an asset. Pretty clear joke. <laughs> And an individual replied, No, his biggest shortcoming was going for it on fourth down twice. He had a 37 and 48 yard field goal opportunity and passed on both. In first half up 24 7 on the 20, it's fourth and three. And instead of the easy 37 yard field goal to make it 27 to 7, he goes for it and fails. Bad coaching. <laughs> JL. Wow, it's always great to see Scott. And that was a long one from Scott this well, week. Well, you know, but, but the gravitas, he brings, yeah. you know, you could listen to him for hours. I mean, yeah, not you. You want to get out of here as always. But <laughs> you could you could really listen to him for hours because it's 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 the gravitas. It's yeah. the way. And he, he, he shows so much respect for that segment. Uh-huh. He you does, know? yeah. Because he knows somebody in this room is not a comedy talk fan. Right. So he knows he has to bring it extra. Right. But I thought, but you know, I am a fan of, of great broadcasters and journalists. So Scott brings an added element to the show, which I always liked. So we have two great broadcasters is what you're saying when he's here. Uh, yeah. Me and Scott. Sure. You got it out of me. Two. Channel. <laughs> two you got it out what i'm me. saying is me and scott <laughs> i got it too anyway um yeah that was fun it wasn't really a punch down because i you know i think people are starting to learn a little bit not to get in my mentions with with jokes yeah um 
So I felt like that was more of a, that person knew it wasn't making a joke, but I felt like it was such a joke killer. It was such a joke killer. I mean, that was, that was extenuating circuit, like death penalty requires like extra circumstances, not just a death, but like you mute, you like raped the corpse after you killed the joke. Uh-huh. That was a corpse raping joke kill. Yeah, it really, it dragged quite a bit. It was it analysis, was, like it was a joke. And it once was like, he started throwing in like the, the downs of the, uh, of the field goals that he didn't take, it's just like, man. And it implies, it implies that he actually thought that I genuinely believe Dan Campbell's biggest coaching yeah, error right. was not coming not out playing. of retirement, <laughs> yes. putting on pads, getting himself signed and on the roster yeah. mid game yes. and then entering the game to make plays. Yeah. A real waste of everybody's time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, not thanks, Scott Pelly's time, right? He would not waste his time. That's true. Okay. Now, uh, comedy review of the week. And, and obviously this is a place to like in the comments, once again, to pump the comments on YouTube. Yeah. If you see a YouTube special or a comedy special that I'm not aware of, even though I try to stay abreast or something you've seen that maybe I skipped over that you think I'd like, Hey, somebody once recommended Nanette Douglas to me. Cause I had said, I didn't like, I'm sorry, Hannah Gadsby Douglas, which was the sequel to her Nanette. Ah. And they said it was actually really funny. And I didn't like Nanette. But I forgot to watch that. So that could be something I could dig into the archives. So the point is, if you have a suggestion, because I don't really, I've complimented several specials, obviously, and I've shit on some, but I'd prefer to watch something funny. It's sometimes funnier to shit on a special, but it's like, I still don't want to waste an hour of my time if I can help it. I'd rather be surprised or rewarded with good comedy. This is not that this week. I watched Kevin James Irregardless on Amazon Prime. Now, Kevin James, big sitcom star, former comic, uh, big star, very likable, although he has gone to the, um, he looks like a mix of Paul Verzi and Corey Stahl from, from Billions and House of Cards, the bald head with the beard look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it looks like he still has kind of a hairline. Like, it looks more like a choice than a, oh man, I'm going, like, he's obviously losing some hair, Yeah. but you can see, like, there's still a. Nicholas Cage esque point to the to close to the front of the forehead, uh-huh. but I decided to watch this because I was more curious. Like, okay, like he became a big sitcom star and he's beyond rich, but I think he started in the stand up world. Or he was did, that, yeah. yeah. He had a very popular special uh, when I was in, I think, middle school or high school called "Sweat the Small Stuff." Okay, it was good. Which was we used to quote it a lot as kids, but it was very, it was very like. Um, of its time. Sure. You know, a lot of F words. I hear you. No, it didn't curse at all. He's like very clean, but it's a lot of like what but now no, the, would be the, con- the F slur is not a curse, bro. No, 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 bro. No, I don't no, no. mean it like he's gay. <laughs> I can say it cause I don't mean it like he's gay. I don't mean it like that. I wouldn't say that if I knew he was gay, I'm just saying you, you know, see somebody do something stupid. You say you f- it's it kept the, the sweat, the small stuff was like everybody's mom's favorite kind of special. Like one of oh, okay. those types of things, you know? Oh, gotcha. Not uh, not really bad. If I had to watch it again, right. I don't know if it'd hold up for me. But like at the time, as a fourteen year old or whatever, I was into it. Okay, you know. Well, um, irregardless, like what threw me off the beginning of it was it starts with something I didn't expect, which a was joke. Like, no, well, <laughs> no, no. I'm time free stage. That's not what I wanted. It starts with um, the like faux imagine dragons type song okay like i'm entering an arena like 
do, 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 do. Yeah. And the song was like, cause I'm a killer or something like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he even did a little bit of slow-mo walk in the shadows coming to the stage. I was like, well, this is not the fran- friendly, funny, like, Hey everybody, this is kind of a little too much of the, Oh yeah. 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 I'm fucking coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know if it, and I think it was a little bit self-aware because he comes out on the stage and he starts like yelling and stuff like this. So I, but it didn't feel quite self-aware. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe he's trying to have it both ways. Like there's enough that if you don't think it, if you thought it was cool, he's like, wasn't that cool? Yeah. But if you thought it was lame, he's like, you saw me when I came out, like pumped up. Of course I knew it was lame. Yeah. You can kind of have it both ways. It's, um, the only comedian I've seen so far do these sort of, yeah, I took 15 years off and crushed it on something else and then came back with a really funny special was Ellen. Uh huh. I thought Ellen, I think Ellen is super funny. And I thought her special on Netflix in like 2021 20, or something was funny. And people are like, she has right. I'm like, great. So does Kevin Hart and his shit doesn't sound as funny as this. Right. So like, you, obviously I take pride in writing all my own stuff, but I get it. If you have a show and you haven't done stand up in 15 years, you have people, but they, but the thing is her writers clearly know her fucking voice. Right. So it worked. Writers are not writers. That is an accepted part of the process for superstars. This felt just like there were some moments where I was like, he does almost the family guy thing where it's like, I'm going to repeat this so many times and get so pumped up that you like, you don't laugh, but then you laugh. Yeah. Um, he certainly was competent on stage. This was obviously somebody who was not like out of his depths being doing stand-up comedy, but it was like, it felt like he was kind of, I'm not quite going full conservative culture warrior. Right. But um, even though this is a stale topic, I am tired of the participation trophies. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I'm tired. Like he didn't go into any transgender stuff or anything. But like there was enough about like participation trophy type culture where I was like, this hasn't been beaten to death. Yeah. This kind of to- this kind of tone. But like what I'm learning and what this special taught me, because obviously the crowd loved it, you know, and it was competent, but it was like mostly a waste of an hour. Yeah. Um, cause because I'm I'm there for like, okay, oh, Kevin James surprised the shit. I'm there for like, I'm not there to hate. Yeah. I'm there to be surprised or be like, oh, wow. Okay. This is why he got big. Like he still has some chops. He's still, but there was really very little that felt super original about it. I laughed a few times though. I'm not going to act like I was like devoid of laughter. Yeah. But I was just like, eh, that was whatever. It yeah. was fine. The best thing I can say is fine. But, but I expected more because I kind of ex- like, I expect somebody who achieved superstar status to, to, kind of throw some fastballs at me. And when you're coming at me with participation trophy type things, I'm like, that's so stale. Well, yeah. I mean, like he is uh, the type of, I obviously not having seen this special and remembering what I do about his, like the special that I liked when I was a kid Um, and the King of Queens. Like if you watch it now, the problem with those network shows, a lot of them really don't have like a ton of bite and King of Queens never really had a lot of bite either. But it, he was like he's always been this like big performer, right? Kind of closer to somebody like Brian Regan, I guess, but yeah. just not as good. Right. Like Brian Regan is is like 
he's like the best at that type of comedy. He's right. like very silly and over the top, very performative, but the jokes are always really fucking funny. Right. You know, like the premises are always just like, oh yeah. Like he, he is a silly comedian that will sometimes have you going like, oh yeah, that is what an observation, you know, where I think a lot of times the Kevin James stuff is like, he's a big, broad performer, but but I think he I don't also, know that he's like uh, he's never going to like lay a lot of substance on you. you he know? did have a great high kick, which Laura commented on. Like he really kicked high. Yeah. But I think if you're kind of like a fun loving family comic or whatever, like shaving your head and growing a beard, like going closer it's to a weird an right look. Yeah. But without the with. Hey, if he was announcing that he was here fucking taking no prisoners, like I'd be like, right. oh, OK, good idea to shift up the look. Right. But it's. It was a little too much of the participation trophy type stuff. And I just, um, I wish I'd, I remembered what I was going to say. But the point is, uh, nice. you can, uh, well, you, you stepped over. Zaza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what the joke, what the joke that I was going to mention was, but it was, it was overall, it was just, it was whatever. Like, I, it's just, I still wonder, this is the question I keep bringing up with people and with Kevin James, it'd be like, you're worth millions, many millions, many millions. Yeah. Many. You're like one of the last shows to get like kind of the sweet syndication deal and sell to streaming and like 800 K an episode type shit. And then do a bunch of Sandler movies. Yeah. And yeah. Paul Blart, which made a ton of money. So why not? Oh, oh, by the way, one of the only, one of only two movies I've ever walked out on Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Paul, yeah. One or two. One. <laughs> so I went you just to, make it to the sequel. <laughs> I went to see it. Um, no, irrelevant. But I went to see it because he was making a lot of money. Yeah. And that was one of those times where I was in a early lesson on, oh, don't trust the American people. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> like, because I thought, oh, maybe it's like a fun Ace Ventura type where it's like maybe not like the highest quality movie, but it's fun and it's yeah. funny. It sucked. Yeah. It's fucking awful and low budget. Like it felt unfunny and low budget. Yeah. And it made like 130 mil domestic. Yeah. It's incredible. So he's got tons of money. And I would always just say, then the, were you, maybe he was, but were you grinding this out in the clubs? Like, did you take the artist's pride in the special or did you just kind of decide, I'd no. like to do a special? This guy was hanging out. He got, he got a check from Amazon, I'm sure. If you look at this IMDb that page, that bothers it's me horrible. so much. As you know, that yeah. because it's like you have every reason to take your time and put care into this because money's not an object. So what, and that's the thing. That was my main point that I was going to say. And when you talked about sitcoms, those are CBS sitcoms. Yeah. I just finished season six of Friends. That show's fucking excellent. I'm saying it. Okay. I'm not going to have the fucking slander of Friends that sometimes you see on the internet. That show, like by season three, hits a fucking stride. And they are all, all six of them are fucking outstanding. Mm -hmm. The writing is really good. It's, it, it's, it, it, there's a reason why it's, why it's been so popular and was such a hit. Like it, it was not some generic bullshit. Yeah. It was still a sitcom, still fit the formula, but excellent. Anyway, what I've noticed, I see it with stand up. I see it with Kevin James's audience. I see it a lot. What I've realized is the audience for stand up comedy has grown exponentially, but the taste oh, yeah. and the knowledge of the stand up comedy audience is on average diminishing because we've allowed more and more people are, I love comedy and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't know history. They don't know. And I'm not saying like be historians. 
they don't know when something's hack. They right. don't know when something's stolen. Yeah. They're just like, I love TikTok and Instagram. I'm a big comedy fan. Right. And then they will go watch. I've seen so much B minus comedy. Yeah. Well-worn, well-tread comedy. And there's plenty of that in Kevin James's set. Not suggesting he stole anything. It's just, like I said, I, the best example I can give is if you can do several minutes on participation trophies and not hit a new note in 2023, yeah. it's pretty weak. Well, yeah, and it's the bad taste, I think, is but the- people lo- But people are there now for the, the oh, yeah, participation trophies suck. Like, they're yeah, there yeah. to laugh, yeah. and they're there to have fun. And, and don't get me wrong, it's great that- Fucking ignorant, stupid slobs can have like good entertainment to make them feel an ounce of joy. But comedy deserves better. This, to paraphrase the Joker, as I like to do, this industry deserves a better class of comedian. It's the thing, though. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. The people who still care deserve it. The people who don't, which is the vast majority, don't. And But I, like, I will see bits from comics who've been doing it like 15 years. Yeah. And I'll say, I almost, I, I wish I had the guts and I'm a gutsy person, but to I wish I had the in. guts. No, to walk up to people and go, that's the best you got. <laughs> oh, I see. Like yeah, to yeah, be yeah. like, yeah, you no, know, I know they're laughing, Yeah, but you've been doing this 12 years, 15 years. Yeah. The best you got is some store brand bullshit. Yeah. After all this time, you, all you can deliver is something that 50 that that 500 other comics could deliver. Well, cause, and that's what I was going to say here, JL, like the taste thing was, that was the, the point that I was also going to make about Kevin James. It's a perfect way to say it. It's just like a guy that clearly has some level of talent as a performer, but there is just zero taste in like the projects that he picked, even outside of stand up. Like if you look at this IMDB page, there's, there's nothing here, man. Like there's a lot here, but there's nothing here. And even I somebody like words, Adam, they ain't saying nothing, man. Right. It's just like Hubie Halloween. Uh, uh, what the hell is the crew? Like, what the hell is? Nobody uh, know. I'm gonna bring my friend on to right. the movie set. Right, but that's the thing. So it's like at least Sandler has a few, especially early Sandler movies that you fall back on and you say like, "Wow, there's a wedding singer in there." There's like even Mr. Deeds is like dumb, but like. You don't like it? I hate Mr. D. Okay, all right. But I'm saying there's there's a Happy Gilmore. No, no, there's course. like there's a Big Daddy, which is like a, a the best version of a Sandler movie. A basically. great first you know? half. Yeah, and then every now and then there's like Punch Drunk Love and uh, Uncut Gems, like movies that aren't like Sandler movies. Yeah. But you could tell he was just like, yeah, this is a cool script, and I can do this, and this is the, he has with, like, an, an artistic director. itch to scratch. Right. Right. So I don't mind Sandler. I get what he's doing. You get a decade of shitty Netflix shit. And then every now and then you get the uncut gems or something. But with with Kevin James, you don't get that one that's just like, oh, man, this guy's really put like putting it out there. You know, is this the year Kevin James finally gets an Oscar? Right. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck are all these movies? Uh, you know, uh, here comes the boom here. You know, uh, <laughs> Paul Blart one and two. There's two grownups and there's two Paul Blart mall cops. I mean, that's like that's like a chunk of this guy's IMDb and he's a huge star, you know, this is an A-list comedic actor. That's but that's 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 it in a nutshell. It's like they're, you know, Sebastian Mascalco just added right. a, f- a record fifth show, five shows. 
One, two, three, four, five. My father says, what, no sixth? <laughs> I just got five shows, and my father, back in Chicago, looks at me and goes, well, you have seven days in a week. You can't get a, you can't get a seventh show. Aren't you embarrassed? I go, Dad, nobody's ever done five, and I'm doing five. And he goes, you can't do that. Now, here's the thing. I'm a Maniscalco fan. Yeah. I see that he is much like comedic superstars tend to do when you reach un obscene levels of fame. Yeah. Dane Cook is, is my other kind of recent example. Kevin Hart, like people who I've been a fan of or am a fan of, and then saw a transformation. You can, it's almost like you don't have the strength to, to, to stay an original. You, you subtly become a caricature of yourself. Now, a lot of people won't tell, tell the difference as evidenced by five shows at Madison square garden. Yeah. As he becomes, I'm not going to say worse, but as it becomes kind of very similar and maybe his best, most original work might be behind him. Maybe not. I mean, Gaffigan was delivering the same kind of content for years. Then all of a sudden at 57 takes a left turn and delivers what I thought was his best special with mm -hmm. dark pale and not to denigrate what he was doing, but it was very kind of like. Here it is. I'm Jim Gaffigan. You're going to get some food. You're going to get some family. You're going to get some clean comedy, clever, digging into spaces and, and, and leave happy. And I, I felt it was so cool to see Dark Pale be like, oh, wow. Whoa. Same gap, same voice, but like different, different shtick, different thing. And it was so cool to see. That's not to say any of these guys who are big legends don't have it in them to change. But like Maniscalco right now is kind of in the. I'm delivering to you exactly what you want. Yeah. And I'm delivering it to you more <laughs> and even more <laughs> and more. Are you choking on it yet? Because my father, my father says to me, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's, and his audience is like, there's a lot of people. I see this with a lot of different things, whether it's Marvel, whether it's certain comedians, they're like my dog. 7,000 straight meals a kibble. We're 7,001. Yeah. I want more kibble. Yeah. I'm fucking fired up for yeah. more dry kibble. Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you want kibble? Here's one more scoop. Yeah. Of Italian old fashioned. What's with these kids these days? <laughs> I, don't I don't understand. They come to a show. I want me to do new stuff. You don't like it when I do this? Nah, nah. Aren't you embarrassed? So anyway, yeah. eat your kibble, America, you fucking bunch of dumb dogs. <laughs> and I will see you next Thursday. Zaza. <laughs>